Welcome to Retirement Matters with Dale Smothers. Dale is the founder and president of R.D. Smothers Wealth Management, South Central Kentucky's premier retirement planning firm. Dale holds a master's degree in business management with an emphasis in finance and has the retirement income professional certification. Dale is a trusted voice to families across the great state of Kentucky and a regular contributor to many local media publications. Now, here's Retirement Matters with Dale Smothers. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Retirement Matters. This is a show for folks who are fed up with outdated financial advice and for those who are looking to retire while worrying less about the stock market and more about living life the way they have always wanted. I'm Dale Smothers and it is my goal to give you the information you need on how to save money, plan well, and live happy in retirement. Happy Saturday to you. Hope you're doing well and you're enjoying the sunshine. It's a beautiful day. Let's get started talking about retirement matters. Before I get started, I've got to do a little bit of housekeeping. My team has gotten on me several times because the last three or four weeks, I forgot to mention the podcast. We have a new podcast that we've launched. A lot of really good episodes on there, a lot of really good episodes to come. We're bringing a couple of podcast guests on this show, but the you know anytime we have a guest on the show, typically we're going to also accompany that with a podcast, which is a little bit longer version of what you're hearing. Uh, would love for you to look at that podcast. It's uh, the Retirement Matters show on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you like to do your podcasting. Jump on there. Any of the shows that we do here should be on there. But today, I've got a lot to cover, so we got to jump straight in. Listen, there's a lot that goes on in the retirement world, and the reason we were founded as a firm, Artie Smothers Wealth Management, we were founded to help you build the retirement you've always imagined. We want to help you with the money that you have built and, and the money that you have saved to this point. You've worked so hard to get it. We want to make sure that you don't have to worry about losing it due to the stock market. So, so what I want you to really understand after the end of this show is there are some things that you really need to be paying attention to inside of your existing 401k if you are still building towards retirement. Now, before we get into all of that, I want to help you understand as we begin to throw around these words, I do pride myself on being able to not talk above people's heads. I mean, obviously, we, we do this every day. Uh, I can sound as smart as you want me to sound, but the, the reality is it doesn't make sense to you, and therefore, it won't make dollars. If we can't make it make sense, it will never make dollars. So I'm, I'm going to break this down for everyone and, and maybe help you understand a little bit about what an index is. When we talk about indexes and indices and you know the stock market and the NASDAQ, the Dow Jones Industrial, uh, the S&P 500, all of these things can sometimes sound like we're talking Swahili. It can sound like we're talking a totally different language to you. And so I want to help you understand maybe even the progression of how we began to understand the stock market in its in its entirety. It's really difficult for us to comprehend how many stocks are actually out there to buy and trade. You've got penny stocks that are trading every day and and some come on the market and then immediately go off the market. You've got big name companies that file bankruptcy and no longer trade under certain tickers or maybe they're they're trading under a different name such as Facebook to Meta. But you think about the 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 complexity of the market and how we have tried to simplify that over the years. There was a period of time where whenever we would say the stock market, we would actually mean the Dow Jones Industrial. The Dow Jones Industrial Index is made up of 30 different stocks in the U.S. economy. They're all U.S. stocks. They're all U.S. stocks. And so what you see in the Dow Jones today, the Dow Jones Industrial today is made up of companies like Apple, 
Boeing, Caterpillar, American Express, these companies that are all household names. Uh, uh, I believe that Home Depot is in that. You've got Intel, Johnson & Johnson, these companies that we've all used, Coca-Cola, 3M, Nike, Microsoft. If you read down the list, you can see companies that you have literally cut your teeth on. Like I mentioned, Johnson & Johnson. We all grew up with something pertaining to Johnson & Johnson. Uh, Nike, You know, we're all, at least probably... All of us have, at one point in time, owned a pair of Nikes. It's these companies, Procter & Gamble, these companies that are just embedded into our everyday life. There are 30 of them. These 30 companies, I'm going to simplify this, you want to think of the Dow Jones Industrial as almost all of these 30 companies, they report their stock price, and then you divide it by 30, and that gives you your average Okay. Now it's a little bit more complex than that. There's some equations that go into that, and they try their best to maybe help, you know, not allow one company to dictate how that average goes. But what ultimately it becomes is a scoreboard. It's a scoreboard posting the average score of these 30 companies. Or put it in a different way, it's a scoreboard posting the average stock price of these 30 companies. And so, for many years, when we would talk about, quote-unquote, the stock market, I know you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes here, the stock market was essentially the Dow Jones Industrial. If you wanted to get a good gauge on what the stocks were doing in the market, you would look at the Dow Jones. But in 1957, we began to realize that the stock market was much more than just 30 stocks, and it wasn't nearly as domestic as it once was. And so, That's when the S&P, Standard & Poor's, began to put together 500 of the largest companies in the U.S. economy, and they began to track that index. Again, an index is a scoreboard. And so, they began to look at the scores or the price per share of each company in this 500 list. And while that 500 has expanded a little bit to encompass a, a few more than just 500, it's still considered an index of the largest companies in America. And around the 80s, we began to look at that as more of an understanding as to how the stock market was doing. And so now, whenever we consider the S&P 500, it's not just 30 stocks, it's over 500. And so now, when we say, how's the market doing, most of the time, we're looking at the S&P. However, however, it's been a hard habit to break. And so still, we have people, and still today in the industry, we talk about the Dow Jones. It's a very important and historic index. So the Dow Jones Industrial of 30 stocks, that is you know, the historic stock market. The S&P 500 is now what we would consider, at least in the most you know, modern times, the last 20 to 25, maybe 30 years, we've tracked that S&P 500 as the quote-unquote stock market. But then here comes NASDAQ. And they decide that they are going to put together a list of 100 very large companies. They're going to track their own scoreboard. And the NASDAQ 100 is born. The NASDAQ 100 is basically a collection of 100 different NASDAQ stocks, stocks that trade on the NASDAQ exchange. So, not on the New York Stock Exchange, but on the NASDAQ exchange. And they are looking at companies that are non-financial. Okay, So, we're not talking about Chase and... JP Morgan, uh, we're not talking about Visa, PayPal, non-financial companies, right? And so, the NASDAQ 100 is made up of companies like Apple, Amazon, Facebook. You can almost consider that at least the top half of that 
is very tech heavy. Very tech heavy. Companies like Facebook, which actually is Meta now, Meta Meta Technologies is is Facebook, Tesla, uh, companies like Alphabet, which is Google. Again, we had talked about companies who trade under different names, uh, but these companies are very tech heavy. Then you have companies that are not technology heavy at all. Companies like uh, Monster Energy Drinks, right? Monster is one of those. Starbucks. Starbucks is in the NASDAQ 100. You think about Keurig uh, or Kraft Heinz. Uh, There's another one. Uh, The Marriott Company is in the NASDAQ 100. So there are companies that aren't tech, but the lion's share of the heaviest weighted stocks are definitely tech. So when you think NASDAQ, I want you to kind of think technology. Now, why am I telling you all this? I think that it's important for you to understand what an index is so that it's not just these numbers that appear on the screen. It truly is a measure of how the stocks are doing, the stocks in that particular index. So, why do we say that the S&P 500 is the market? Well, it encompasses the most. It's the most diversified. It it shows us a a true, or at least a more true, uh, rendition of what is going on in the market. So, let's talk about these numbers. And then, again, I want to get to what you need to be paying attention to inside of your 401k. So, if you have a 401k, I want you to lean in for the next 10 minutes. If you have a 401k and you're close to retirement, you definitely need to lean in in the next few minutes. Uh, So, the S&P 500 year-to-date, as of the close of Friday, the 4th, uh, is 9.75% down. 9.75% 9.75% down, meaning you've lost around 10% in the S&P 500 from January 1 till now. The Dow Jones Industrial, again, the 30 stocks, the Dow Jones Industrial down about 8.12%. 8.12%. Now, listen to this. The NASDAQ. NASDAQ has a close of market on Friday, down 15.91% year to date. 15.91%. That is a uh, potentially scary number for you if you are heavy in the NASDAQ. Now, let me take a side note for 30 seconds and tell you a little bit about my firm, R.D. Smothers Wealth Management. Our team believes in being able to invest in things like you know, the NASDAQ in doses. And I'm not telling you by any means that one of these indexes are better than the other. I'm telling you that you have to craft a plan. You have to use each and every tool at your disposal as much as you can. You've got to be able to know how to use them effectively. You've got to be able to know how to use these tools efficiently. And you've got to be able to know how to make them all work together. That's where we come in. 270-600-PLAN. We would love to sit down and talk to you specifically about your situation if you have anything we're about to talk about inside of your 401k or you're getting close to retirement or if you're just worried about the stock market. 270-600-7526. We'd love to be a second set of eyes on your plan But I want you, right here, I'm going to paint with a wide brush. I want you to look at your 401k, and I want you to see if you have something called a target date fund. In your 401k, there are offerings. Most every 401k has an offering called a target date fund, and then it's followed by a certain number. The idea behind a target date fund is that it is almost an autopilot mechanism inside of your 401k. It's almost a sit it and forget it type of plan. And that's not as big of an issue if you are 15, 20, 25, or 30 years away from retirement. But if you're that far away, you're going to see something that says target date fund 2050, let's say, or 2040. But if you see a target date fund that's 2020, 
or 2025, it probably means you're close to retirement. If you see that your money is setting in a target date fund that's that close, 2020 or 2025, what I want you to know is that that means that that is close to or supposed to be the date of your retirement. Because a target date fund is meant to set the date that you're planning on retiring and then just start investing in it. But I want to give you kind of a little bit of an understanding of why target date funds are probably not the best way to manage money. They are one way, and they're not a terrible way if you don't have an advisor. But if you have an advisor, you can eliminate a lot of excessive fees inside of a target date fund. Target date funds are notorious for being expensive, and I want to tell you why. First, I want to tell you why, and then I want to tell you why, even if you weren't paying an excessive amount of fees, they're probably not doing what you want them to do anyway if you're close to retirement. So the fee structure inside of these things are essentially what we would call a fund of funds. So when you think of a stock, you want to think of an individual company, you want to think of owning a piece of an individual company. When you think of a mutual fund, you want to think of owning several different stocks from several different companies. It's a pool or a basket of stocks from several different companies. But when you think of a target date fund, you want to think of owning several different mutual funds, which ultimately own several different stocks, which ultimately are from several different companies. It's kind of like the hole in the ground and the tree and the hole and the green grass grew all around. <laughs> it's, it's very confusing and it's almost impossible to really wrap your mind around until you get to digging a little bit deeper and understand what's going on in these target date funds. Now, that sounds like you've ultra diversified, but the reality is you're paying a lot of people to look at your money. You are paying each fund manager their fee. So it's a fund of funds, but it's also a fee on top of a fee on top of a fee. And if you aren't careful, those fees will eat into your returns. And so what we do is we want to dive into those target date funds. I'm not telling you every target date fund is bad. I'm not telling you if you have one, you need to get out of it. I'm telling you that you need to look at your 401k and understand exactly what is in your fund of funds. Now, I want to talk to you specifically about a situation that happened this week. I just told you those numbers that we were down. Let's use the S&P 500 as the diversified market tally, right? And a lot of these funds use the S&P 500 as their benchmark, meaning we want to outperform the S&P 500. The goal of an, a mutual fund is to outperform its benchmark. And some of these benchmarks are used as the S&P 500. So we're going to just throw out the S&P 500 as the benchmark for the S&P or for a target date fund and we're going to see how it tallies up. Because what we want you to do as a retiree is take as much of the upside and have as little of the downside as possible. I mean, in theory, if you could take 100% of the upside of the S&P, but only take 10% of the downside, that would be a decent investment. So these target date funds are designed to take less of the downside and more of the upside the closer you get to retirement. I had a client walk in who had a 2020 target date fund this week. They weren't actually a client at the time. They came in, they talked to us, they heard the radio show a few weeks ago, they sit down, they put their papers in front of us, and they said, Dale, this is what we have. We begin to look at their target date fund, and I was, I was amazed at how poorly this target date fund had behaved. A target date fund, for the lack of time that we have here, a target date fund is designed to move more and more and more and more of your money into protection 
as you get closer to the date on the target date fund. More and more money into protection, but unfortunately, the only protection vehicle that they have a lot of times is bonds. And bonds at this point in time are not a good place to have money. I paint that with a wide brush, but I'm telling you long term, it doesn't matter what your goal is. Bonds are not going to perform like they did the last 40 years. And so you got to think about bonds being a kind of a, a dead asset. But these target date funds are still moving money into bonds. And some of them are moving money into long-term bonds, which is even worse. Now, without getting into the weeds on that, I want you to look at this with me in numbers. And sometimes numbers get really confusing on the radio. So I'm going to make this as simple as I possibly can, and then I'm going to recap it at the end. The S&P 500 year-to-date is down 9.75%. This client came in, they were in a target date fund that was target date 2020, which means it should be as conservative as it possibly can be, because today it's 2022. They're two years past the date that their money should have been in retirement. They come in. 2020 target date fund, they have lost year to date. They are down negative 3.72%. 3.72%. Negative. The overall market has lost 9.75. How in the world are they losing 3.72? That's taking 38% of the downside of the S&P. So then I thought, well, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they had a really good year last year. Maybe they take a lot of the upside and then they take a little more than they should on the downside. But I got to looking at their 2021 returns in that fund. It was up 8.9%. Now, don't get me wrong. 8.9% is a good year. It's a good year for anybody. But that 8.9% came when the S&P 500 had given us In that year, 28.71%. 28% up in 2021. Almost 30% up. And this fund only got that client 8.9%. So on the upside, you get 8.9%, which ends up being around 31% of the total upside to capture. Again, the goal is to capture 100% of the upside and hopefully take none of the downside. That's the golden egg we're all chasing. But this client was taking 31% of the upside and at least to this point had suffered 38% of the downside. And they're in the most conservative fund they can find in their 401k. Now, I'm going a little overtime here, so I want to hurry. But I want you to realize that if you are in a 401k, and you're in a target date fund, not only are you paying excessive fees, that particular fund could be doing something completely contrary to what your ultimate goal is. And that's why you have to look at this with an advisor or at least dig deep into that fund yourself to figure out exactly what's in that fund and see, is there a more efficient way? And I'm here to tell you, there is. Guys, that's the end of the show. I have got to hurry up, but I've got to tell you this one little piece of information. There's actually a way for us to get you about half of whatever the S&P does on the upside and protect 100% of the downside. Half of what the S&P does, 100% of the downside is nothing to you. Meaning the market goes up 10%, you get five. The market goes down 10%, you get a zero. You don't lose the principal or the interest that you've locked in. 
If you'd like to know a little bit more about that, give us a call. 270-600-PLAN, 270-600-7526. It's a perfect alternative to bonds, and quite frankly, it would be an amazing alternative to this particular individual's target date fund. Be sure you look into your 401k. Give us a call if you have any questions. 270-600-PLAN. Until we talk again next weekend, guys, always remember to save money, plan well, and live happy in retirement. God bless. Investment advisory services offered through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and RD Smothers Wealth Management are not affiliated entities. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as a sole basis for financial decisions, nor should be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. RD Smothers Wealth Management is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained here and provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by RD Smothers Wealth Management. This radio show is a paid placement.